Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Mondays, so you know what we do on Mondays. We bring in James McCool. It's Mondays with McCool. James McCool, the co-author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can pick up at Theory of DFS. Dot com. Feel free to type in the YouTube chat. We're going to uh, have, a, have a conversation about the strategy on this past slate, what we each did, uh, everything like that. Look through results DB a little bit. Obviously, uh, the favorite part is to find the, the guy that's projected 700 more points than anyone else that James has in his model. But we'll get to that. So, uh, so hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in there. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. James, not a very good morning to you. You play, you play. I, I, I told you before the show, I said, I, I tried to find your lineups and results DB for the power sweep and uh, didn't find them. So I'm, a, I'm assuming you went much more off the board than I did. Actually, I, I didn't go super, super off the board. I was off the board on my stacks. So like I ate the Antonio Gibson chalk. I ate Sony Michelle chalk. I had Eli Mitchell. I had Mike Evans. I had Foster Moreau. Like I had chalk pieces like i had a lot of chalk pieces around it uh i went with a baltimore stack i went with the ram stack and i went with the seattle stack instead of the tampa bay stack charger stack and i what was the other one the, the eagles i guess with uh with Minshew. yeah with Minshew. yeah uh so like i i ate a lot of chalk i mean one lineup i had my my raven stack was lamar jackson marquise brown and deontay johnson cool that's great I ate Antonio Gibson, Sony Michelle, Foster Moreau, and Eli Mitchell in that lineup. My differentiation was Lamar Jackson at 8%, Terry McLaurin at 7%, and the Giants defense at 6%. And that lineup did okay. It put up 140, but on a day where like every single piece of chalk hit, I mean, except for one, except for Foster Moreau, uh, it's it's just not going to be a good day for me. I'm I'm always differentiating in some spots, and so we actually we had a discussion about it in the Discord this morning. The lineup that did take down the power sweep was just like the optimal. I I could not even think of a way to make it chalkier than it was. I was trying to think of a way to get off T Higgins onto somebody who was chalkier than T Higgins, and like I I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head. So on weeks like that. It's just not going to go well for me. And and that's okay. I, I can accept losing on weeks like this where it just like crushes me out. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I had a bad week. Well, I, I see your approach was different. Your approach was the complete opposite of mine. Oh, okay. Okay. Like of, of mentality. And I, I, I discussed it on the, on the advanced sports analytics show. Mm-hmm. And I discussed it on the Friday's pregame show that, the amount of good options at running back mm-hmm. and the amount of con- condensment at some of the wide receiver slots like Cup and Godwin yeah. and Moreau, obviously a tight end, means that I can make so many lineups with rotating three running backs in that were very similar to one another. Uh, and then not playing Moreau and playing any other tight end like I'm all, like, why not just play the best stacks on the slate? So, like, I played yeah. six Brady lineups, five Stafford lineups. I played five Carr lineups and two Cousins lineups. So, I played, I played Jefferson. 
I played Thielen. Yeah. I, play, I mean, I, I was stuff like that. Now, uh, because running through, I mean, also we had the benefit of depending on the contest that you were in, uh, Sony Michelle. Like I just jam. I mean, like I had Sony Michelle oh, in seventy percent of my lineups. I yeah. didn't lock. I didn't lock him in. Uh, if we see here in results DB, like I, I'm bringing up the five fifty five milli, the regular twenty dollar milli in the play action. Sony Michelle in the five fifty five was forty four percent owned. Yeah, in the milli he was twenty percent, in the play action he was thirteen percent. Like this shows how dramatically, how sharper the field is. So if you Look, if if you took out Sony Michelle out of your lineup, like I was, I was loving to. I don't know about you and James. I was loving the uh, afternoon reporting on Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was ever, loving it. Everybody was asking me in the Discord. They're like, "Well, should we take him out?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> he's 4K. Like they said, he's going to be the feature back. Just, just go for it. If you, if you, worst case scenario, if if Sony Michelle got 50 percent of the work." He's, he's still projected like as one of the best running backs on the state. He still, he, he, he's not like a slam dunk play, but he's, he's in the range of, of Jamal Williams. He's in the range of Miles Sanders. He's in, he's in that range with 50% of the work. If his upside is he's going to get 95% of the work and he's <laughs> 40. Basically he's, he, it's possible that he's a $7,500 running back mm-hmm. yesterday. It's possible. At worst, he's a fifty-two hundred dollar running back, and he's forty-three hundred. So, like Henderson was active because why? They don't. They have no one else to be active. I mean, like if you take a look at their roster, they have Howell on injured reserve, right? They have a couple of guys like like Henderson is probably not going to play, but they'll leave him there just in case. If two running backs go down and they need him. Maybe he's there. So I was I was loving that people were possibly jumping off of him or anything. I was like, I'm, I'm not changing anything, right? No matter if he's active or not. But you could see in the sharper contests, the higher stakes, the people didn't, right? Like Sony Michelle's efficient uh, efficient ownership was probably around 50 plus percent. Oh my God, which is, yeah. Oh, which is closer in this high stakes contest, but in the low stakes stuff, like just jam him in. But yeah. since I was, but the, the the thing that I was thinking is that since I'm getting an ownership discount on, like I'm getting so much positive leverage on Michelle, like why am I getting? Why, why don't I just play the best stack? Like why don't I just play the best stacks? And what I also did is that I tied Godwin, Cup, and Moreau to their quarterbacks. Good. Yeah. Which means that I was not playing Godwin Cup or Moreau as a one-off. So Moreau was only in lineups with in car stacks. Godwin was only in lineups with Brady stacks. And uh, and Godwin wasn't even that like low. Like let, let's take a look over here in the higher stakes. Yeah, he wasn't even that like absurdly owned. He was one of the higher owned wide receivers. Uh and then Moreau, like I'm playing, I played Kittle, I played Pitts, I played Gronk. And in some lineups, I played O'Shaughnessy. But the reason I played O'Shaughnessy is that these Jacksonville guys didn't project badly. And they were nothing owned. And they were nothing owned. And they correlated with with Rams. So it's like, if I'm going to play Sony Michelle in a bunch of lineups, why don't I pay down for Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, James O'Shaughnessy, and hope that it goes back and forth. And the same thing with Pitts at tight end. 
with the, like, if we take a look at this, like, here's a lineup with Kittle in it with Marvin Jones's three points, right? It's not, they didn't get there, but I mean, if I'm going to play a guy at 4,700, like, I'm going to play, I'm going to play Josh Reynolds in that spot, or am I going to play a guy that correlates with another player on my team when the, when the players in that, in that range kind of all project similarly, like enough within one point of each other? Like here's one with Chenault in it at a different defense and Josh Jacobs at 1%. This is the Millie. I put all, all my 18 lineups in the Millie. I've learned to do that because uh, the Millie is so uh, soft that even my, my, my lineups that I build for like 5,000 entries type of contests still have positive expected value. It probably, probably maybe has less first place equity, but it, it like I, I've compared my lineups to like the cash line and the Millie. And it's like I should be I should be just entering these lineups in regardless without having to make 18 specific lineups for it. So that, yeah. That's the reason I'm bringing up the, the $20 milli here, just that I just enter them all in because the contest is just soft enough that I'm going to cash and come out with a profit more often than not. Yeah. But here's like another Tom Brady lineup with Gronkowski, right? And then I play like Brandon Cooks. He was 3% owned. So play Pittman and Cooks. Because in that $5,900 range, you had like, Ayuk and Renfro and uh, Higgins. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to play a Colt guy, why don't I play Brandon Cooks? He doesn't project poorly. Yeah. Right. He didn't project poorly. Here's another lineup with like Devontae Parker one off. Right. Here's a James O'Shaughnessy line. Mm-hmm. Right. With Jonathan Taylor. Right. So I rotated a lot through a lot of these running backs. We go down here. Right. Here's Justin Jefferson, Derek Carr, yeah. Renfro, Moreau. And then uh, no run back. I had some McLaurin. McLaurin was only like 5% owned. Yeah, he was nothing owned. Right. Uh, I also played Zay Jones in, 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 in like two of my Raiders stacks. I played a lot of James Conner. James Conner was my highest. Like Michelle and Conner were my two running backs that I played. Because, it, because look at this ownership. Like look at the average ownership between all three contests. Gibson, 32. Mitchell, 31. Right. We go to the running back. Michelle, 26, who is underpriced. So, like, I, I'd have no problem playing 26% owned Sony Michelle. But really, Gibson and Mitchell didn't project, like, barely any much more than James Conner, right? And they're going to be what yeah, happened. I, I had Antonio Gibson under James Conner by a little bit. Okay. Well, that makes it even easier for me, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's like James Conner is going to be twice as lo- less owned than Gibson and Mitchell. So that's how he ended up in so many of my lineups. Miles Sanders at a, at lower ownership. He ended up in a bunch of my lineups, mm-hmm. right? I played one Josh Jacobs lineup, one Barkley lineup, one Montgomery lineup. Like I got a lot of those guys rather than, than uh, Eli Mitchell and Antonio. I only, I think I only had Gibson in three lineups. Yeah. Uh, and they were primarily paired with my Raiders stacks. So looking through the, I mean, I'm just showing you the line. Here's a Heineke. Okay, I played one Heineke lineup, right? Heineke, McLaurin, Thomas. Renfro was the run back. I played, like, in my Jefferson lineups, I had Jamal Williams. So, like, that kind of ruined, you know, only nine points there. He was in my cash lineup. I still did fine. Uh, I mean, I did more than fine. I mean, my cash line, I mean, my cash lineup was the aggregate optimal. Well, and on FanDuel, you're like, oh, yeah. And on FanDuel, I swapped the bad, the worst tight end for the one that broke the freaking slate. It's like, you well, wasn't side, well, I mean, well, I mean, I thought Kittle was the best tight end on FanDuel for the price. To, I mean, like Moreau is 2,700 on FanDuel. I mean, the, the difference between Moreau and the top end 
top end tight ends were double the price, but Moreau's five thousand on FanDuel and right, yeah, he was three hundred. Right, the whole thing. The <clears throat> my two v two on FanDuel for cash was uh, uh, <clears throat> Jamal Williams and Justin Jefferson versus Connor and Keenan Allen. And I saw it with Williams Jefferson and Connor Keenan Allen uh, only came in like a point and a half lower yeah, on the two v two. Yeah, because Williams didn't do do that much, but Connor did and Allen did with the two lucky touchdowns because mm. he only got like I think four catches. Touchdown regression. He had to bought in one game. <laughs> and then he had Godwin with 15 receptions. And then Cup look Cup looked like a dud early. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had that uh that what 40-yard touchdown or something like that. Right. But to me, the cat to me, cash games, especially on DraftKings. It was what 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 Levitan would call it as a prove it week. Yep. Essentially, as, to, to me, there were two to there were two lineups, and if you play cash games on DraftKings, you know what the two lineups were because either you played one of the two lineups or you were up against like eighty people with each of them, <laughs> right? So essentially, you played my lineup right here, which also happened to be the blitz optimal. It was the aggregate optimal also. Brady, Gibson, Williams, Renfro, Godwin, Cup, Moreau, Michelle. And the Dolphins defense. Uh, if you play Minshew, you, the Minshew lineup was Minshew Taylor. You didn't play Jamal Williams. You played Taylor in that spot. And instead of Renfro, you played Ayuk. And then your defense was either the Raiders or the Steelers. And the difference between the two, I think, was like a point. Yeah. Between the two defenses. Uh, but the difference between Renfro and Ayuk was considerable. And Brady put up, obviously, the highest quarterback score. So even though Minshew put up 18 points and Taylor put up 28, well, Brady plus Renfro made up for that. And the Dolphins defense still gave you nine points. So like one lineup was like 180. This lineup ended up at 187 and that other lineup ended up at 180. Both of them cash. So like yeah. the 180 lineup, depending on, on what double ups you played, may have split. You may have not gotten a full double up, but it should have been, you, you should have had yeah. profit in head to heads, like with a 180 lineup. But but that that's like kind of the cash game scenario. But you, I mean, you you see what I did here. I mean, like with that many running backs that are viable, like I saw no need to like just eat eat the other than Michelle. Like I would have played Michelle up to fifty fifty five percent ownership, and he wasn't going to be that. So I'm just jamming him in. The way to, that I'm getting different is playing those correlated pieces that no one's that people somehow are not playing. Now they didn't. Now they didn't get there. I still had a good. I mean, like this was my second best week in NFL of the season. So I mean, I swept the cash in like almost all the all the all the slates and all the sites. So like early, late, main, everything, and then uh, uh, cashed. I think out of my eighteen lineups, uh, I cashed one for like a thousand or something. Like it ended up kind of breaking even for GPP with all the lineups That's that nice I played. Though. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But on top of like, you know, on, on like eight slates that I played in cash, I went eight and oh, right. As far as profiting. So, like, you know, it was six, seven thousand bucks or something. And that's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. But that was my approach. It, di it didn't, the correlated pieces did not work out. But it's not like anyone that I would have put in those spots would have done any better anyway. Mm hmm. Right. Like I'm, I'm like in my Brady stack, like I take a look at this, this best lineup. If I didn't put Marvin Jones here because he was correlated with Sony Michelle, who would I have played in this spot? 
Right. At 4,700, you're – unless you drop way down to defense, go up to T. Higgins. But, like, that's 2v2. That's not just 1v1. Right. It's not a 1v1, right. And, of course, the Cardinals' defense correlates with Connor. Right. Right. So, I was playing a bunch of the Cardinals' defense. So, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't, I don't regret any of my – Marvin like, and if you were to choose someone at 4,700 in that range, you know who projects the best? Marvin Jones. Yeah. Right. So, like – it, the correlation didn't cost me anything. So if I take a look here at the wide receiver position, if I take a look at the salary, so if I'm looking for someone in that range, right, it doesn't have to be that exact range, somewhere around 5,000, right? If I, my, my aggregate had Marvin Jones at 12. So what do I do? Tyler, like Kenny Galladay is less. Rus, I guess Russell Gage. Yeah, but first. Russell Gage, actually, that would, that would have been the nuts. Yeah. Right. If I played Russell Gates, because it is a Brady stack. So I'm playing instead of playing the run back from the correlated piece of Michelle, I'm actually playing the run back of the Tampa Bay stack. Mm-hmm. And I play Russell Gage and then I go down 600 at defense. And what what would that be? What the Cardinals? Yes, I would have gotten the Raiders defense. Yeah. 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 And that would have worked out because that's not that. that Yeah. If I would have done Gage. That could have worked out. It would have projected slightly lower, but have been been about the same owned. So I see that that possibility. But like, what am I? I'm not playing Corey Davis, Tyler Boyd. Other than that, I would play Lavisca, right? I mean, but it's the same concept of playing a Jacksonville receiver, right? There's just like there's no one that projects that well. Devontae, or I would have went down and played Devontae Parker and gone up and gotten the Rams defense, right? But that wouldn't have made any much of a difference, right? So yeah, if anything, yeah, Gage would have made sense in this line. If I would have played Gage, Gage got like 26 points, right? Yeah, yeah, he had uh, like 10 for 130 or something. Right, so that would have been a difference of, uh, let's see, 26, that would have been a difference of 23 points here. And the Raiders' defense, what did they put up, like seven? Yeah, I mean, not not what the Cardinals did. I I think you probably would have net up 20 points here. 20 points, so that's 223.62. 223.62. I don't, know, I don't know what single entry contest this was in. And okay, let's let's see. But 223, what would 223 be in the uh, what uh, it wouldn't have been like been. yeah, in the milli, right? But I mean if in like the power sweep or something, I don't know what contest this happened to be in. Uh let's see, in the power sweep. I mean, I, I would have made more money. I'm just in the power sweep, you would have taken third. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. But I like all. I'm not considering this a mistake. I'm just because like that 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 was another option that made sense in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Right. But Cardinals Marvin Jones makes sense in this lineup also. Okay. Now my other lineup down here, like I have Lavisca Chenault here, but I already have the Raiders defense, so like there's nothing really I could do here. Right. So it's not like I could pay another 900 for Gage, and then go where? Where does that come from? If anything, it, it would have to come come out of Kittle, and you needed Kittle. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not complaining about yesterday's slate. I think. I think I played fairly well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I, I you went. Not. You went. You went contrarian, and we both went contrarian in different ways. Yeah. I'm just and, in my in my way, it. it it led to the chalky, the two chalkiest stacks of the slate that got there. 
And I really liked the Bucks and the Chargers. Like the Chargers were that they were both top five sacks for me. So it's and not I didn't have the Chargers at all. I didn't I I faded that game pretty much. Oh, I really like the Chargers. The, the Chargers were on pace to just like nuke the entire slate into a, yeah, a four-man stack. If you had Guyton and Williams and yeah. Allen and everyone, and then they just died. And then they stopped. They they just stopped. Um, but no, I mean I, I liked the Chargers, I liked the Bucks. Um I didn't have any problem with this with the stacks that did well. The only stack that I didn't want to be on was Philadelphia stack. Um, and you know, after Dallas go to Eric, just like they wouldn't even cover him yesterday. But both touchdowns that he had were just like, no, he doesn't matter. We're just gonna leave him completely open downfield. And I'm just I'm tilting my face off at this point, right? Because like I thought Minshew was a, a really good cash game play and a really bad GPP play. Uh and then that happened, and I'm like, well, okay, my my life is over. I guess I'm going to go grow a mustache now. Andrew's uh, got 20 points also. Yeah, no, Andrew's, Andrew's – my, I, I, In the beginning, I'm like, Miles Sanders, like when I see Kenny Gainwell getting touchdowns and five passes out of the backfield, I'm like they, – They hate using Miles Sanders, by the way. But he got, they, 100, he got 100 yards rushing. He, that's he how did, he got but them. they hate using him. So much. I hate playing him, but if, if, if he projects well for his ownership, I can't not. He projected well for me too. And I, right. I, he, I, he, they hate him. But I, I didn't mind the way that my stacks turned out. And I didn't mind the way that I got the leverage on the slate. I, I was explaining it earlier. Did you play Moreau as a one-off though? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I played him with Antonio Gibson in one lineup and I played him with Terry McLaurin in another. Okay. So you at least correlated him with someone yeah. else in the lineup. Yeah, like to, I mean, to, me, I wasn't. to me, that was the best. I mean, to me, Moreau, if, you, if you're going to play him as a sole one-off outside of that, other than the only piece from that game, I think I think that was a strategic mistake. Well, if you already had Gibson, I didn't think there was any reason with plugging in Moreau. Yeah, but Gibson was chalk also. Right, but that's kind I don't, of what I get. The, I get the McLaurin. You play McLaurin and Moreau, okay, that, uh, no problem. He's 5% yeah. owned. And and the uh, the other Fosmero lineup, I had Marvin Jones in it to go up against my uh, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. So like, and OBJ. Okay. So like, I I had him correlated against Antonio Gibson or Terry McLaurin in the Seattle stack. I ended up with Brandon Ayuk, who was chalk. I had Keenan Allen and Jamar Chase against each other, and Jamar Chase ended up failing. But I digress. Um, with Washington football team and Antonio Gibson and Sony Michelle, like. I, I was thinking thoroughly about where I needed to be different because I knew in, in the Seattle sack, like nobody's playing in Seattle sack yesterday. Absolutely no one is. So there was no reason for me to overtly be different. So that's why I used Keenan Allen, who I thought was going to be, I don't know, 20% owned or something. Comes Not in at 7,500. He was much more owned on FanDuel. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um but I, I thought through I thought through things, and I'm not mad about the way things turned out. Like I said, I like I had a 139, a 131, and a 130. And those scores suck yesterday, for sure. But the upside is there. Jamar Chase drops a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Lockett was this close to having another one. Like, that, there were a lot of things that could have gone right. And if one of the chalk offenses fails, like if Brady ends up not destroying the slate, uh, things probably turn out fine. So looking right, back God, at it, Godwin and Cup, and I mean, when – when all these, I mean, we take a look at the ownership here. Oh, the, it dominated. I mean, look at all the, right. look at the fantasy points of all the highest owned players on the slate. Like it, if you didn't play heavy chalk, you just, 
Yeah, you you were done. Other than Moreau, right? I mean, really. Moreau and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams was the other one that like. Right. Or even IU. IU at 8.5 didn't get you there either. So, I mean, there right. were pieces that failed. But I, I mean, mean, look at that spread. But Cup and Godwin, I mean, if we just take a look at the wide receiver position, the top, other than Ayuk, yeah. Renfro got there at 22 points for his price, Cup at 29, Godwin 32. I mean, even Devontae Parker, who's only 3,900. Right. And then you have Justin Jefferson was 13%, don't he, at 38 points. Yeah. Mike Evans, 16. Devontae John, Johnson, Deontay 33. Johnson 35, 33. So, yeah, I mean. It was just hard. And there were enough, and there were no, enough running backs that put up enough points. Like, if you got. 40 points combined at running back, like between your two running back spots, yeah. like you were, you were in contention. Yeah. But I really, the main, the main thing was if you had, if you had a cheat, you needed a, you needed Goddard or Kittle or Gronk. You needed, you needed a, a you needed a top, t- top end tight end. No. Yeah. And that was a big thing. And that was probably another thing that I probably didn't do well enough on this slate. Like in my in my Russell Wilson stack with Gerald Everett and Tyler Lockett and Gerald Everett sucked, so that automatically kills me. And then I had Foster Moreau and the other ones correlated, of course, but you know he he fails. So I I probably could have in the Ravens stack gone with Mark Andrews instead of Marquise Brown, and then paid down for I guess instead of Foster Moreau I could have gone Zay Jones. Did you in your been, in your in your Raven stack? What did you play? Lamar plus Brown plus Deontay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Single. So, I mean, it's fine. Uh, but yeah. I, I could have gone to Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews projected about the same as Marquise Brown, I think. Um, and I could have gone Zay Jones instead of Marquise Brown. And I think that that would have been slightly better. But I mean, the result is the same. I'm not putting up 180 points to catch right. in the power sweep. But right. I mean, unless, unless you were going to be on some of the chalkier stacks, you're dead. I mean, you're just yeah. dead. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's just and, the way and it that, works. That again, that was a point that I made this morning or maybe last night. I don't know. Um, there, there are going to be some slates where like when th- certain things go off and certain things don't. Like I, I could have had a Tampa Bay stack. I could have recouped a little bit. I could have had a Charger stack and recouped a little bit, but I liked the stacks that I had and I played chalk around them. I built good lineups. It's just that I wasn't on the right stacks. Right. You're, you're the, all the players that you're mentioning were projected fine. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they were good. Uh, Swaggy P in YouTube chat. Late swap from Cup Moreau to Deontay Johnson and Kittle to take down a small 35 contestants in GPP for a thousand bucks. Oh, that's sick. That's a nice late swap. Kept Sony in the flex with extra cash just in case. Yep. Yeah. Don't you don't have to spend all your money, right? Sony Michelle projected the best, even if you're leaving money on the table, just block at that point. That was actually another thing that I was thinking about. I, I did use Sony Michelle on the flex in, in my lineups just because like well, where it, else are you going to be? I mean, how else are you going to use? I mean, you have Gibson also there. I mean. Oh, bro, I had, no, all three of my sacks were late game. I had all the late swap equity, but, but you can't late swap off stacks in the late slate into other stacks on the late slate when the first stacks of the early slate go off. Right. So that's where I was dead. I mean, I mean, like late swap. There's I, nothing to swap to at that point. No, no, there's there's nothing. Like you just have to hope that your stacks in late games, which they they were good games to stack. You have to hope they go off and catch the games from the early ones, and they they did not, Jordan. They did not do very well at all. Now, if you had PMR, you were not liking the early set of games. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. You, you weren't stoked. You were hopeful, but you weren't stoked. No. 
Especially when you see the Eagles and Jets game start going off. Oh, my God. Dude, as soon as Dallas go to Eric caught that second touchdown, I'm like, all right, well, I, I usually don't go into the Discord until around 1 p.m. or so because, like, a lot of people are tilting. And I'm just – just you can tilt, but I'm not going to, like, feed the fire. Right. I found uh, my my one my one Dallas Goddard lineup. I'm like, I think I got Goddard in one or two lineups. And I saw, oh, it's Adam Thielen's in the lineup. Oh, no, with the injury. <laughs> right. <laughs> And the injury is only 7% owned, too. Right. Uh, 7% in the Millie. Justin Jefferson is 14%. Much higher than I thought. I actually thought that this was going to be even lower. The Minnesota passing stack was going to be a little bit lower. People have been liking Kirk Cousins lately. Yeah, I mean, I played two of those lineups. So it's not like it was like whatever. I thought, uh, to me, I thought the, the Bucks were the top stack on the slate. Yeah. Hands down. And I'll just rotate through 12 different running backs in three different spots. Yeah. Like I wasn't considering like, yeah, double tight end gets, gets there. Uh, I'm not, I'm just on this, on the projections for this slate. I'm never, I'm just. No, never, you absolutely. Uh-uh. No. I'm just, I'm, just not, about, I'm just not getting there. We talked about double tight end last week. We're like, typically double tight end. There, there's nothing wrong with double tight end. If you absolutely need the value because of how cheap the players are and they project, they can project reasonably. But on a slate like this, where like you had all the value you, you, you could ever need, there's there was no reason to go double tight end. Especially there was no reason to go double premium tight end. No, but if you're going to go double tight end, that's what you do. I guess on a slate like this, yeah. If I had to choose, yeah, you don't, you don't go double tight end by going Morosh O'Shaughnessy. Not on this slate, The no. ceilings aren't there. No, I, I that who do you think I played the most of? Kittle, Pitts. Gronkowski, yeah. like I'm not playing uh, Tyler Conklin. I'm not playing Jared Cook or something like I'm like, no, I'm going up for the guys that could put up 30 plus points. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if Moreau puts up eight, but these guys put up 30, you get such a big gap because mm-hmm. everyone still has to play a tight end. So I thought that was fine. But to play two of them. When you had all those running backs that projected so much over expectation and wide receivers, too. Not as much. What not really? Uh, wide receiver well, I, was not the greatest. You, you could play. fit. You could fit whatever wide receivers you. You could fit Cooper Cup. You could fit Justin Jefferson. You yeah, but I'm talking about like in the mid range. Like if you played Kittle in the flex over over Brandon Cooks or Michael well, Pittman, fair. or it's so like I get that. I mean, like that. That's fine. Yeah, Cup is nine thousand. There's a different. That's a different stratosphere of a price tag. Sure, but I'm like if you're playing a six K wide receiver. Like to me, Kittle, Gronk, Pitts yeah. are essentially 6K wide receivers. I mean, like if they were wide receiver eligible, they'd still be playable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, okay. What's the, do I have to, should I guess? Uh, Is it going to be obvious? At wide receiver? Let's see. No, I'm talking about the, the, the projection that the, 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 the stupid projection of the week. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a wide receiver. It almost always is a wide receiver. Yeah, is, is it going to totally shock me? It might totally. Yeah, it'll totally shock. What me. what price range? At least give me uh, a price range. He in thirty three k to thirty five hundred. Oh, so really cheap. It's one of these ones. Yeah, Josh Reynolds. No. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me. I'm going down based on, on salary adjusted plus minus. So you're talking about so under 3,500. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm I'm gonna be. I'm. I think I may be shocked. Yeah. I'm I think scrolling down. Shocked. Let's see. Juwan Jennings. 
Nope. No. Zay Jones? Yes. Okay, so yeah, I I in my aggregate, I have Zay Jones at 7.76. I had him at 12. Okay, that I mean that's still that's almost double. <laughs> it's high. It, it right. is high. But is it because I'm a let me guess. Mm-hmm. Last week, Zay Jones played like 85% of the snaps. And had a 20% target share. And a 20, right. And since you weigh things recently much higher than like anywhere else, mm-hmm. then yeah, Zay Jones, if you if you gave him if you gave him like 80% of the snaps and like 17, 16, 17% target share, probably he would project at 11, 12 points. Yeah. So I think that it was, I think moreover, it was probably based on, hold on. I'm trying to find uh yeah. Okay. We'll do this one. I'm going to go open up my, my prop tool so that I can see what he actually projected for. Nah, screw it. I'm not going to do that because it takes too long. Anyway, uh, I, I think that it was probably based on. Oh no, there we go. Okay. So, like, what did you have as target? I mean, what did you what did you input? Is so I only had him for four receptions, but I had him for between seventy five and eighty yards, and it was because of that a dot. Oh, so it's, so it's basically your Donovan Peoples Jones algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's that's the formula. Like, it's high a to right because you have him at, at like an eighteen. Yard yeah. A dot. And he did. He he had that. I mean, he had like what five. Well, he had yards. one big he almost he almost got a like a 70-yard touchdown. Goal. Yeah. And that that's what the model was looking for. So, like for his projection, and and again, like this isn't like a, a Quez Watkins for 18 projection, you know, like this this one is reined yeah, in. It's still, it's still like 80% it's higher than right? it's high. but uh yeah, that one's that one's probably the only legit weird one, I think. If I would have had, let, let me see. I'm going to type this in. If I would have, what's going on? Why can't I type in Jones? If I would have made him a 12-point projection, I'm assuming I get him in cash. No, he doesn't even show up in the optimal, even with 12. No, no. It, well, he, he the opportunity cost, right? It's, it's more of yeah. an opportunity cost. Thing. Yeah, because, like, what else are you going to get out of your lineup? Like, you probably would have to drop down from Renfro down to Zay Jones, which gives you 2,600. Where do you go from there? Right. You go from Jamal Williams to can't get up to Taylor. You can't, right. You can't really do it. You, you would go from Jamal Williams to Alexander Madison. Okay. If I give okay. I, I gave him 14. There it is. Yep. And now so you, you get go Connor down. Madison, Michelle. So you yep. don't, you don't get, get, you don't even get Gibson in this lineup. Mm-mm. Right. So yeah. So it, really the, the 12, whether it was seven or 12 didn't really change. I mean, he ended up in like two of my lineups anyway. I thought he was good playing Raider sacks. Right, well, that's what I did. I mean, I yeah. I didn't play no, him as a one. Right. Um, but he's probably the the main weird one. Um, what did you okay at running back? Since we had all those running backs, yeah. From a salary, okay. Let us just do raw points because you don't you don't use the same salary adjusted uh, formula that Rotogrinders uses. Yeah. Uh, just raw points wise. Okay. Only because this may shed a light on, like, I don't know if you had a drastically different. I tailored uh, 26. I had 27. Okay. I'm just reading off the, the, the top two. Like, I had Madison at 22.7. I had 18. Oh, so you're much lower. Lower on Madison. But he still projected very well for me. It, it wasn't right. like. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy for him. Joe Mixon, 21. Uh, 19. 
Uh, Fournette, 20. 19. Michelle, 20.6. I had 16 for Sony Michelle, but still, okay. okay. I mean, you can see that with me having him in at 20.6, why he'd be in like almost all my lives. I mean, even at 16. Right, even at 16, right. Uh, Connor, you had, what did you have? Because I had Connor at 19.1. I had 17. Okay, but you still got a lot of him because of his owners. He's still, yeah, he's still a really, really good player. What, what did you do with Eli Mitchell? I had him at 18. So he was still, uh, 18. I, I'm still treating him like a 7K running back. Okay. And uh, Antonio Gibson, I had at 18.3. I had at 15. I'm a bit lower. Yeah, much lower. How about Jamal Williams? What did you do with him? Jamal Williams is way lower. Remember that my model is based a lot on Vegas info. So, like, Detroit basically implied to score nothing. He, he projected for 13. Right, and I had 18.5. Yeah. I understand why people had him that high. And, like, I had him for good market shares, but based on Vegas, like, they, they weren't projected to score anything. Well, he, did, he wasn't getting any pay. He didn't get any catches. Yeah, he didn't get anything. He right, and the Lions were up. And the, and the and Jefferson's running the ball inside the inside the twenty yard line. Well, and that was the other thing is I, I think I think I had his market share actually relatively low, just because of Jamar Jefferson and like what we saw when Jamal Williams was out, when DeAndre Swift was like massive massive chalk and Jamar Jefferson got a touchdown. Right, and, and Ingwabuke or whatever yeah, that guy's Ingwabuke name is got a touchdown. Yeah, so like after seeing that, I think I lowered his his market shares a little bit. But all these were good plays. I mean, David Montgomery, Miles yeah. Sanders, Jacobs, Gaskin, Barkley. I mean, if you played any of these guys, I mean, some of these ownerships, like everything seemed to go towards Gibson and Mitchell. I didn't know where it was going to go. I just knew that that some would be more owned than others. And I predicted that it would be Gibson and Mitchell, and I was right. I thought that Gibson would be probably the highest owned player on the slate. Yes. Along with Sony Michelle, I well, didn't I, I, know. I adjusted Sony Michelle for late news, dumb people, you know. Oh my God, Henderson's active, you know that type of stuff. Well, I, I only had him at like twenty percent owned projection, but oh, okay. Oh, I, I, I had him at like I had him at forty. So like, well, and remember, like in in the play action and in the middle, he was thirteen point eight nine in the play. He action. actually comes in and, because I project for large field too. So, like, I have to make those assumptions a little bit different for the power. Right, right. In the in the in the $20 milli, he was 20.8. So, yeah. you were on point with that. Um, the the main guy I thought people were kind of forgetting was Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he Josh barely, barely owned at all. Play. Like, if I would have had 10 lineups, I would have had a, a couple of Josh Jacobs lineups. Just because his target share has been fantastic for, like, three weeks straight. Um, he had nine catches yesterday. Right, well, because Rashard, Rashard was was uh, inactive, and then Drake got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So he, I thought he was a really good player. I thought people were really under on him. People were under on Cordell Patterson, but he's he's priced effectively at this point. Right. Um, Miles Sanders, I had him project for fourteen, okay, and around eleven, twelve. Yeah, and that that was I'm I'm okay with that projection because I actually I bumped him up a like a titch. Because of Gardner Minshew being in instead of Jalen Hurts. I did bump him up a titch. But because they just do not want to use one running back, I couldn't justify him instead of Antonio Gibson. In in higher stakes stuff. Or or like in, in if I was playing the Millie Maker, I'm probably okay with Miles Sanders. But I, I thought Antonio Gibson was right there, and I might as well just play him. Um, 
Trying to think. I was really low on Najee Harris. What was what was Najee Harris? No, no, I was I was way low on Najee Harris. The aggregate. I mean it me. I had 17.7. Okay. I had 13. Wow, that's really low. Really even low. Even at, se- at 17, he doesn't even come in my player pool. Yeah, yeah. So well, and, and I I was surprised that he came in that low because he was somebody three weeks ago he was projecting in the top five on the slate. Yeah, but the total of that, I mean, Pittsburgh's total was 20. Yeah, it was really you know, low. Slow game. I mean, like that's what it was. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that. Because at 7.7K, I mean, he was obviously he was really low owned, but it, if he was going to be getting the workload he was getting, I did consider like, okay, well, my projections hate him, but I know that his workload is just ridiculous. I ended up not using him, but I was pretty shocked by that projection. I, I was I was I was on I was under on Renfro's ownership. I thought oh. people don't like playing that guy. I ha- I hadn't projected for 17. Yeah, but he came in at like 22. And so and, and so and like and like I saw in one like spy, he was like 27% owned. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I I thought more people would go down to Parker. I thought people would kind of, you know, try to play the Taylor kind of Parker Reynolds, like that type of build more yeah. Yeah. than uh than the balance build. Yeah, it I I don't know. I mean. He's been fine. I guess people, when when Darren Waller was officially ruled out, people thought that he would be getting like the vast majority more of the work. No, but I I I did all I did. I mean, like Renfro, I thought was an excellent in a vacuum play. Sure. It's just that I my obviously I adjust my ownership thoughts based on like psychology of do people like like if Renfro is not an alpha type of he's someone that gets there. People, he's a Keenan Allen type, right? And people don't like playing Keenan Allen, right? Uh, he's like a – I don't even know what to call him because he's not, he's not like a Keenan Allen type. Like people people look at Keenan Allen and they're just like, yeah, he's he's like a wide receiver that's going to be able to get me there. And people look at Hunter Renfro and they're just like, yeah, he might be a backup slot receiver. Right. You think, okay, Hunter Renfro, the better, the better the, – the, they think of Hunter Renfro as a slightly better Cole Beasley. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly it. Yeah, the people think that Hunter Renfro and Cole Beasley are exactly the same player. They they don't. They are both unvaccinated. They both just run short outs, and that that is who they think. Yeah, they are absolutely the exact same player. Yeah, but, but on, I, the, on the on on there's a difference. Beasley has Diggs and Sanders and Gabe Day has actual yeah. good wide receivers on the team, and uh, the Raiders have uh, have. Uh, Brian Edwards and Zay Jones and Foster Moreau. Someone's going to get the targets. Man, that team and the Raiders started out so strong too. They did start out strong and they just, I I mean, granted their season has had some uh, hiccups. We can call them hiccups with their head coach being fired for being the worst person and for their wide receiver going to jail for being the worst person. Uh, so I guess that'll derail a, uh, a season pretty quickly, but man, did they look good against the Cowboys put up like 33 real life points in that game. And now they're terrible. Well, look at the dolphins. They started terrible and now they're, now they're winning. Yeah. Now Tua actually looks okay. I'm still really low on Tua though. I'll say that. What, 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 what do you, what do you have? about? well, you're absolutely probably your, your priors on, on the Seahawks. Like what's going to happen? What next week or whatever? And then their next on a slate. 
Russell Wilson's going to be 6,200. Metcalf is going to be 5,700. Lockett's going to be 5,200. And you'd be like, how the hell do we not play this? I'm not happy about it already. I'm until like, you look, preemptively. Have you looked at the, like, the Seahawks have run, I think, like, twice as less plays as, like, anyone else in the league. I like, know. In the entirety. <laughs> so, and when, when I ran models, because I didn't run models until, like, Saturday morning. Uh and I saw that the Seahawks were like projecting really well. I just I went straight into Discord. I was like, I, I don't I hate this week already because like the Seahawks project well, and I, I don't want to like. But I would figure, but 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 James, I would figure that that it, since your model is based much more weighs recency much higher, that they wouldn't rate as highly because most of the reason why the Seahawks may rate out well, project well is based on priors from two or three years past data that shows Russell Wilson and the two receivers being like, like alphas. So the problem is the problem with Seahawks and the problem that, that my model had with this spot is that Russell Wilson is still acting like he's still acting like Russell Wilson. He's still throwing the same passes that Russell Wilson throws He's still doing the same things that Russell Wilson has done. It just hasn't been working. You, you know, no, no, of- what, what, what I think is that you have Russell Wilson in your model, but you don't have Pete Carroll in your model. I do not. <laughs> I do, but but that's the problem. He's the doing Russell Wilson's had, things. It's just he's not able to do them because Pete Carroll's calling the play. The Seahawks have had a top five pass rate, top five adjusted pass rate in the recent sample. They have been pass heavy. Sure, they went out and got eight. Because they're down, because they're down in game. That's the reason. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. And like, when my model sees that a team has Russell Wilson at QB and has DK Metcalf at wide receiver and has Tyler Lockett with like a fifteen A dot and has a seventy percent pass rate and is in a game that should be competitive, like all these things come together, and it's like, if they stop sucking, they will look great. No, no you didn't. What your model didn't fucking. take into account is that they signed Adrian Peterson. I know. I know. Okay, so that's the sign in your model to say take that run pass play dynamic and just cut it in half. I know. Right? I need and to saying in. I need to get Adrian Peterson in here because I don't trust DJ Dallas to run the ball. Like, I need you, to you, add in an Adrian Peterson protocol. Any team that signs Adrian Peterson is going to suck while he is on their team. Well, at least this, their pass rate's going to suck. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, I, I don't know. That could be a short sample thing, though, right? Because Tennessee already doesn't pass the ball. So, like, we can't even, like, add that into the sample. Yeah, yeah but when, on Washington, he was run, they ran the ball, like, 70% oh, of the God. time. Right, but that's out of the sample. He wasn't – that's not in this sample. Wasn't that last year? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's not in this – last year is <laughs> – well, no, I mean, that's not in this Adrian Peterson sample. Right? Okay. This Adrian what Peterson other sample do you need for Adrian Peterson? Well, Adrian Peterson's been around a long time. There's a lot of different samples that I could take from. Oh, well, even if you took the past three years, it's still the same <laughs> garbage Avery Adrian Peterson. That's You're so not true. taking 2012, right? That's so true. Yeah, I, I, when I saw that it was Seattle, like, up there in the projections, I'm like, I'm going to play it. Because, like, I understand thematically why – model likes them and i also understand the upside that they still hold it's not like russell wilson just turned into a pumpkin i i mean he turned into a sleepless pumpkin for a week but it's been a couple weeks since that recovery so no i don't blame you i've 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 
I've gone down the Russell Wilson well many times uh, this season. I have, I've not come out of it yet. <laughs> had, had Seattle not rated as well as they did, I would have been on charter stacks. Because that I mean, would you only play three game. lineups. You only, I mean, it's not like you're, you're playing a ton of lineups anyway. Right. Like if, if they wouldn't have rated as well, I would have been on the Chargers. And actually, I probably would have gone with the Tampa Bay stack as well. Like it would have switched some things up. I still, I liked a Ram stack because it was nice leverage off Sony Michelle, should he fail. I liked a Baltimore stack because I always liked Mar Jackson, Marquise Brown. I think they're a fantastic combination. And against Deontay Johnson, like that, that, that is just a, a very, very easy condensed stack that you can make. And it's a skinny stack, which gives you a lot of options outside of that. Uh, I liked Tampa Bay. I liked the Chargers. I liked Cincinnati. I liked Las Vegas. Like all, all of these stacks made sense, but Seattle projected well. And so I got and Especially them. for their ownership. It, what, if you compared your projections to the ownership, oh, like, yeah. if I had your information out of my 18 lineups, I probably would have had three or four Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, they projected for an aggregate of 12% combined ownership. Right. That's and you couldn't have passed that up. Right. And then you just plugged your jam in the chalk around it. That's what right? I did. Yeah, and then obviously with Moreau being chalky, you play Everett in the tight end spot, right? So like I under I understand the line. Given the information you have now, I didn't have Seattle. I had the receivers decently projected, but the stack overall, Russell Wilson, no. Yeah. So it's like it's so I didn't get the Seahawks. Yeah. No, and, I mean and I, once I, I did it. once I didn't wasn't playing once I like I I don't even think I had I don't even think I had Lockett or Metcalf in any lineups and I wanted to play Metcalf <laughs> right and like going into the slate I'm like I I met pairing Metcalf with Eli Mitchell right because yeah. Eli Mitchell would be chalky like doing something like that and I don't even get because only only because I saw more value in playing George Kittle mm-hmm. right because if Eli Mitchell is going to be owned the leverage to me instead of correlating Mitchell with Metcalf I thought just playing Kittle instead of Moreau and not playing Mitchell in those lineups were were worth me. And that was good. And yeah. it ended up being fine. Yeah. That was great. Interesting week. It was a really interesting week. And uh, one of the other questions that, that I was asked this morning was like, do you, do you regret not being on more chalk because the chalk did so well? And I'm like, no, that's, because that's, my, that's process results is, thinking. My, my process is always going to be the same every single slate. Like I want to look at, I look at stacks and I look at individual auxiliary pieces separately. And if the auxiliary pieces are great, I want to be a little bit different with my stacks. If the stacks look great, I want to be a little bit different with my auxiliary pieces. This week, the auxiliary pieces, Antonio Gibson, Sony Michelle, um, Eli Mitchell, like uh, all of these chalk auxiliary pieces looked great. So I'm fine being different on my stacks. Uh, other weeks, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was on every single chalk stack. Like every stack that I had was like 20% owned, but I was different on the outside pieces. So I don't regret being different on my stacks this week just because the stacks that were awesome went off, uh, it, that, it just happens, you know, like the, the way that I want to play uh, when I only have three lineups going for first, I, I'm going to be different on one of those two pieces. And that's the process that I have every week this week. It failed. I'm not going to be results oriented about that. Right. Like I'm taking a look at the cults who I respect his play fifth yeah. in the Millie. I mean, the lineup doesn't look absurd. I mean, like for 237 Brady, Plus Godwin, single stack, no run back. Montgomery in the Bears defense, Miles Sanders, Kittle, Michelle, Renfro. I mean, like Deontay Johnson. I mean, if you take a look at this lineup, it's not like super, it's not super chalk, mm-hmm. right? It's It has some chalk pieces, some not chalk pieces. Let's go to, let's see, locks two over here. 
Brady, Godwin, and double tight end. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Let, let, looking through. Circling the drain. Okay. Cousins, Jefferson, Michelle, Kittle, St. Brown is the run back there. Right? This lineup looks, I mean, that, that's why I said don't look at the top lineup necessarily, but even the top lineup. Look, the Millie Maker winning lineup had Jamal Williams with nine points in it. But that's because you got the two nut tight ends. I mean, you needed the nut tight ends and then the nut receiver. Essentially, he got the nut tight ends and the three nut wide receivers. Yeah. And the nut tight ends were six and seven percent owned. Deontay oh Johnson God. was nine percent owned. He, he had enough for Antonio Gibson. Oh, he had left three hundred on the table. You're right. He you like replay Gibson in this lineup. You you, you win the Millie by <laughs> 20, 20 points. Oh my God. Wow. Right. That's crazy. What a lineup. And of course, playing the early player in the flex. What but, a but hey, why why do you need to why do you need late swap equity when you're from the future? No, absolutely. Yeah. Right. If you already know that this is gonna be this is gonna win, no, that's who cares what order you put it. That's in? why he played Jamal Williams. He knew that he could still get there because he's from the future. So that's he's why he played Jamal it. Williams instead of Antonio Gibson. He didn't want everyone to know he's from the future, so he had to include a mistake and still win by two points. Right, right. Because if he won by 20 points, be like this guy is a is a is a time lord. He'd be investigated. Yeah. Right. Because because if he left 300 on the table and put Jamal Williams there, it's like, well, he can't. Obviously, he's not a time lord because he would have put Gibson there because that would have been but, the nuts. But we deduced it. We knew because he left 300 on the table. We know your plan, K Land. We know what you did. Right. We're leveling. Right. He 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 was going to the for the second level. We're going to the third level. Yeah. Yeah. Of thinking. I mean, with three lineups, you leave only three hundred on the table and magically just fade Antonio Gibson. Yeah, okay, okay, Kaylan three hundred four. Let's see if he has Antonio Gibson in the other lineups, huh? Let's see. Let's see his other lineup: Jamal Williams, Kenny Galladay. He he got it. Yeah, he obviously had to make bad lineups just to yeah. It, it was really throw us off the scent, yeah. right? Ty Hilton. How about this one? Yep. No Antonio yeah, Gibson. Made sure that everybody thought, oh, yeah, this guy wasn't even on Antonio Gibson. He thought that Jamal Williams was the better play. Sure, Kayland. Sure. 304, that, that's actually where when he's from. Yeah, 2304. Yeah, yep, 2304. Right, came back for, for this late. I hate these Time Lords, man. They come back and they just ruin the fun for everybody. Uh. Enjoy it, but but with inflation in 2304, I mean, uh, million dollars is probably not worth that much anyway. Yeah. This is probably he had to come back in time just to get money for groceries. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke. Yeah, that's that's a week worth of groceries in 2034, right? It, and it's only like a half a bitcoin, so right. like he didn't even make that much money, right? Well, He's he actually a pauper. He's yeah. a poor person. He felt he actually isn't even a time lord. He had to uh, uh, like break in and use the time <laughs> machine just to so, so he can get get the he had a million dollars to bring back into the future uh, in order to get groceries. Not not a time lord. He's a time peasant. Yes. Unless unless he's stuck. Maybe he's, oh, maybe it's one of those things where he's stuck. He's stuck now, and now he's living like a king in the past. See what what he did. Okay, so. Th- a million dollars in the future. 
half a Bitcoin. What he did was he went back, won this, bought, bought Bitcoin, whatever, six Bitcoin, however much you can buy for a million dollars. And then that will then in the future be worth like the same price as Jupiter. So that's awesome. I'm glad for Kayland. He's he's handing and, it down. And he, he's putting what he's doing is he's putting the Bitcoin in a wallet and digging a hole somewhere. Yeah. It's a hard wallet and putting it in whatever, and then sending a message, right? 200 years in the f- future. Just it's like Bill and Ted, right? It's that yeah. remember in the jail? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, we have to go back in time and put the keys there. Just remember, we have to do that. And once they think it, the keys are there, <laughs> even though that didn't actually happen, right? It's one of those things. So he just manifests it. So in the future, I'm no longer a pauper. And then once you get to the grandfather paradox, the whole thing, the whole thing explodes anyway. And good, good thing, good thing that he's stuck here because if he wasn't, uh, him winning the Millie uh, means that we're all dead. The whole time space-time yeah. continuum would explode. I'm happy for him though. Apocalypse says he's a looper. He is a looper. He's a looper. You're right. That movie was underrated. Thought the effects kind of sucked, but it was a good movie. Uh, James Paydirt DFS.com. Yes, sir. PaydirtDFS.com. Um, Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. Um, I am building up some things for the beginning of the year, trying to debut a couple extra little tools. So hard at work on that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, just going to continue grinding out this just, just great NBA season that we're having here. And uh, <laughs> I saw your tweet. <laughs> I, I'm in such a better mood, not playing an NBA until NFL season's over. Bro, I'm sure you are. I am sure you are, man. I go look through Twitter. Oh, Giannis is out 10 minutes before lock. Oh, good thing I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and then it was like Demonis Sabonis doesn't start because he's taking care of a family. And then it's just panic. It is widespread panic. And then he comes in the second rotation and he's, he's fine. He's scored. I, and then Lamelle, but I, I could complain about this for an hour. Anyway, continue. Okay. Well, you could follow his complaints. Paydirt underscore DFS <laughs> on Twitter. I'm Blender HD on Twitter. As always, give me those thumbs up buttons on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, we got NBA Grinders live later tonight. Crunch time for premium members. And, uh, and, and I'll be back at 7.30 for the NFL pre-lock show for tonight's uh, showdown slate. And as always, if you want to hear more of me and James, uh, we both uh, we both did a course, a full seminar on the, the theory of daily fantasy sports, how to think like a professional DFS player, 15 hours. We talk about all this type of stuff that we normally do on the, on the pregame show, right? So it has all these chapters, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology, uh, everything that you need to know about the game theory, playing the game of DFS better. It applies to any sport, no matter what you play. So go to theoryofdfs.com to check that out. And uh, and uh, remember, during NBA season, until the NFL season's over, a uh, no-show tomorrow, no-show Wednesday. I'll be back on Thursday uh, for, for another edition to uh, answer your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders dot com.